going what's up it's me it's me it's mr sensational gino vega with the mr sensational gino vega show on the i see robots radio network coming to you to you rabid listeners out there with episode 43 of the podcast that's right episode 43 And episode 43 is coming to you on the heels of a long holiday weekend. Particularly extended holiday weekend because uh, my children had the Friday going into the weekend off school. And then the whole family had Monday off for Memorial Day. I don't want to get canceled, so I'll uh, uh, make sure to to uh, reiterate that it was for Memorial Day. It was for for commemorating the uh, deceased troops. Actually, I ended up uh, totally coincidentally talking about my biological grandfather on my dad's side um, on Memorial Day. And he was a uh, gunner, a tail gunner like in the Iron Maiden song, who died at the age of 18 or something really young like that, fighting them Nazis out over in Germany um, so that many years later his descendants could help try to rekindle fascism right here in the U.S. of A, USA. But anyway, yeah, so it was a long, long weekend. Um, um, remembering folks like my my biological grandfather, I guess, um, to be perfectly honest, I... All piety aside, um, I don't want to sound like, sound weird. I don't want to sound like a jerk. Um, I think there was some. I saw some headline to do. Um, in the world of politics, inevitably, politicians on on, on either um, side of the spectrum uh, will make some misstep, make some gaffe, and the other side will have a, a conniption fit about it. So I think, wasn't it like the vice president said something like, enjoy the long weekend, but she didn't properly prostrate herself about the troop aspect. So then uh, people were losing their minds on the other side. But then I saw this great thing where, uh, what's her, uh, that uh, was Megan McCain, John McCain's daughter, did this pious post chastising the vice president for not prostrating herself about the troops enough. But then followed up with a post on Memorial Day where she was like, me and my husband totally got to go to a casino for the first time since the pandemic ended. Woohoo! Doing shots! So I guess, I mean, she was probably doing shots in commemoration of the troops, but it's just, you know. I'd like to hope that there could be a reality where we can both be uh, supportive of, in admiration of, empathetic for um, those currently active in the military and their families, those who have experienced the loss of loved ones, through military service, um, but at the same time, realistically accept that it is, in fact, a long weekend. I don't know. But uh, speaking of that long weekend aspect, um, what did I do? I uh, did my second round of uh, post-COVID vaccination socializing, went to Santa Rosa, California, and I visited with uh, Jerry, 
Jerry with a G, soon to be owner of the next record store in Santa Rosa, California, a store that was once the last record store. That uh, that identity, that corporate identity, has dissolved for a new one to emerge from its ashes. The next next record store, which will be opening sometime soon, if you're in Santa Rosa. I think they sell, I know they sell stuff online too. Look them up, the next record store. Anyway, yeah, we went and visited Jerry and his family. Uh, went on a hike. The, the, Jerry and his family was on Sunday. The hike was on Memorial Day proper, and that's where uh, I, I inadvertently began talking about my biological grandfather. I guess the, the memorialization, the, the spirit of the day just overtook me, and I was speaking in tongues um, about him. That's a strange story, a really strange story that you're, uh, um, you know, you've, when you stop to think that you've outlived your own grandfather like many times over uh, since he died when he was 18. Weird, weird, wild stuff. Um, Didn't do a lot else, Uh, did some projects around the house. Uh, Just a regular weekend that was a little bit longer. And now here we are picking up the pieces. So, which is the whole point of why I started meandering down this path, which was um, I almost tapped this week because uh, just with the kids being off on Friday with a long weekend, I didn't have a lot of time to work on this show in the days leading up to Tuesday. So I found myself doing it all today on the day of, but today is Tuesday. That's more like a Monday because we had the long weekend. All praise to the troops. Um, but... Uh, um, so yeah, so today's feeling more like a Monday than a Tuesday, so I feel just kind of frazzled, and like I've got all this stuff to, to get done. But you know what? I said, forget it. I'm going to do the show anyway. So do the show I am, and uh, I'm doing the show now. And um, oh, speaking of things being reborn from the ashes, just want to give a little shout that um, I know we've been kind of in flux about what was going to be happening with the flagship portion of the network, with the end of the uh, Stuck at Home show, I see Robot Stuck at Home show, and the end of the Trying to Get Vaccinated show. Well, it turns out that next week, next week, uh, I believe next Monday, because I think it was supposed to happen this Monday, but uh, this Monday was Memorial Day, so it got pushed down to next week. Uh, Next week... We'll see the debut of the new flagship show right here on the IC Robots Radio Network. The show known as World Famous. And I will be finding out what it's all about um, pretty much in real time with the rest of you. Because I don't know a whole lot about what IC Robots has brewing. But I know brewing he is. So, uh... The new show drops this Monday. Um, you can go look up IC Robots on Twitter. You can go to the IC Robots Facebook page, find the links when it drops on Monday, or you can go to the podcast purveyor of your choice, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever the heck other one people use, um, and get that uh, podcast feed in your uh, subscription. The IC Robots Radio Network um, podcast feed. Is there, are there really people out there that, that individually, like, download podcasts now? That, like, go to the link and download it? Um, or does everyone use uh, podcast platforms? I'm a pod... Pa, easy for me to say. I'm a podcast 
platform person myself, just because I tend to listen to podcasts by way of my phone, and it's just easy to get them automatically loaded on there and listen to them up. But are there are there some Albert A's, some teen idols out there, like with, with, who need their their physical copies of Call of Duty? They also got to download their physically download their podcast to their device. Maybe, maybe. Um, I bet that's what Albert does, actually. Speaking of Albert, um, well, before we speak of Albert, I just want to say one more time, this Monday, world famous, the new flagship show on the IC Robots Radio Network. Check it out. Okay, on to Albert A., friend of the show, teen idol on Twitter. Is that his actual, let me, let me look it up here to see what his uh, trueborn Twitter handle is. Um, teen idol Twitter. I can't even type. Let's see here. Is this our dog? That's not our dog. At teen idol is like some teenage girl. Um, oh, here we go. Found him. So he is at T-E-E-T-E-E-N-1, the numeral one, D-O-L. So at T-E-E-N numeral one D-O-L. So get it like teen wundle. Um, so this guy, I'm going to talk about him real quick here. Got two things to say about him this week. Um, one is, I think, I think this guy is engaging in what we in the business call gimmick infringement. Gimmick being a person's shtick, a person's brand, a person's deal. Gimmick infringement being you try to piggyback on or ape another individual's gimmick. So 20 hours ago on the Twitter machine, Teen Idol, Teen Idol posts uh, or he tweets two tweets. He tweets, um, number one, uh, Netflix's Castlevania was nothing short of, in all caps, OUTSTANDING! This show did not shy away from quiet, bracket, but intently haunting, and bracket, monologues and action. Isaac's arc alone was enough to spark hours of philosophical conversations, but in its entirety, this was truly a masterpiece of writing. And then he follows us up with a second tweet. I stayed up for over an hour just pondering about this scene from season four, episode three with Isaac and the undead philosopher from the third season. Is that the dude with like, it looks like a fly. I haven't finished season four yet. A soul reborn as a creature from hell, recollecting memories of a past life is just dot, dot, dot haunting. Now teen idol, I find it to be, just a very strange, an odd coincidence that I talked about Castlevania, Netflix's Castlevania, on the show last uh, week, on episode 42 of the podcast. And suddenly, out of the blue, Teen Idol is just Mr. Castlevania. I smell gimmick infringement. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do about this. 
I think I might have to make a call to the legal team. We'll see. We'll see. But, but Teen Wundle, I'm putting you on notice, and I'm going to keep you on notice about where we're going to go with this egregious, egregious case of gimmick infringement. With that, we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back to talk all things Memorial Day as the portal to summer. On the IC Robots Radio Network. Here on episode 43 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots radio network. Um, during that break, I was eating this this uh, Trader Joe's sort of tangerine creamsicle gimmick. You know, it's like the more classic 50-50 bar that's orange on the outside and then has that like whatever kind of fake ice cream cream consistency in the middle. You know what a 50-50 bar is. Um but this one's tangerine instead of orange. It's not bad. Not bad. For some reason, um, there's been an issue uh, at non-Trader Joe's grocery stores, like going to like um, Lucky. I guess it's Lucky. You know, I, I, it's Safeway as well. Um, but any anytime I'm in one of those stores and I go looking for Popsicle brand creamsicles, 50-50 bars, they oftentimes only have sugar-free stocked. And I'm not clear if this is some byproduct of that those have always been sugar-free somehow. Or if these are simply the sugar-free gimmicks they have available. So I, I end up not buying them because I, I don't trust sugar-free in my creamsicles. Same goes for fudgesicles. Big fan of fudgesicles. I have not had them in forever because every time I look, they are sugar-free. But again, maybe they've always been sugar-free. I guess I need to do some online research. My um, grandfather on my mother's side was a big proponent of fudgesicles. Um, he, uh, his eating was um, iffy at best from a health perspective. Um, he essentially ate and smoked himself to death. But he uh, had good taste and stuff. Uh, used to go over there when I was a kid, and um, they would eat like a, a salad bowl full of bacon in the morning and like coffee cake, and then chug down a couple uh, fudgesicles for dessert in the morning, and then smoke like a pack and a half of cigarettes. I don't know. Um, I mean, it worked until he was about 60, and then it didn't work. Moving on. Um, so we just got out of this Memorial Day weekend, and 
I'm realizing Memorial Day, um, not as such, like not because of it being Memorial Day, but because of the time of the year, because of the placement on the calendar. This time of year in general, growing up was always sort of the gateway to the beginning of that magical time that was the summer. And like most magical things in my life, age has has dulled that magic out quite a bit as the years go by. It's, it's really not possible for me to recapture what the summer once was, but there's still whispers and hints and glimpses now and again. So the other day, over the course of this last weekend, I was taking a walk, and there was a very loud, vociferous sound of chirping birds. And I realize it's a sound that pretty much always happens this time of year in this neck of the woods. And again, usually I start to notice it. Historically, I would start to notice it around this time, around Memorial Day weekend. I actually think um, as a young person, it was a little bit before Memorial Day weekend. Because I think when I was a kid, by this time, maybe school was out by now. I think maybe the week going into Memorial Day weekend was like the last week of school traditionally, but the calendar slid a little bit later, so now school goes a few weeks past that. Um, but in any case, somewhere right around this time of year, when I lived with my parents, I would suddenly, the, the, the sunlight was brighter, the air was clearer, the bird chirping was louder and more vibrant, and then... At a certain point, I would begin to hear the sound of um, the school marching band. The marching band from the middle school next to my parents' house come careening by in the morning before uh, school actually started. And I realized, my God, this is the last week of school. Because they were practicing for um, some end-of-the-year festivity or another and there was always a big rush associated with this, at least for me, because it was like that, that those three months that you got between school years felt like an eternity when I was young, uh, particularly when I was young enough that like I didn't have a summer job or anything. It was just uh, three months of kind of lazily sitting around reading comic books and uh, hearing the ice cream truck go by outside and... Uh, Usually not actually getting ice cream because it always seemed like more trouble than it was worth. Ice cream trucks were funny because they were not a thing for for years growing up. It was the kind of thing that like, you know, my parents would hearken to as this this relic from their youth. And then all of a sudden one year, the sound of the warbly sound of green sleeves started playing and it was an ice cream truck. And then after that, they were they were around ever since they're in that neighborhood to this day. I don't know where they'd gone or why they returned, but return they did. But I always felt awkward with ice cream truck because I didn't know. It felt weird going out there and A, did I even have enough money for it because you needed to have cash on hand. And you weren't sure how much things were going to cost. But then also you weren't sure what exactly the truck was purveying. So then it was like awkward going out there and trying to look in and figure out what they actually had available. I don't know. Always seemed like more trouble than it was worth. But um, the sound of the ice cream truck was enough to herald summer and a summer of comic book reading, using my modem to call bulletin board services, playing Sierra and Lucasfilm games on the parents' computer, which we talked about a few episodes ago, all that that great summertime stuff without the joy kill, the, the weight and joy kill of public school. It was on hold for three blissful months. 
And as magical as those three blissful months were in general, it was really that just heady buildup that last week or two of school um, with the sound of the band practicing. And oh, and you had like minimum days uh, before they finally let you go all together. Um, That just week of possibility leading into the summertime. um, That was probably the height of summer magic. Nothing that actually went down over the course of the summer could really live up to that feeling of anticipation. And that was kind of the high benchmark before any of it was actually a reality. You were just faced with endless possibility. And there were often, um, kind of little, uh, ceremonies that went along with, uh, um, with this feeling of uh, possibility. Again, like I said, hearing a, the band practice, hearing the ice cream truck start to kick up uh, in full bore where they were now going to be cruising around every day. Um, attending other people's graduations was always something for me. There was always, you know, there was often like a family friend or someone that was graduating um, either high school when I was younger or, you know, college. Um, but the funny thing is... Uh, I never would. I typically did not ever attend those ceremonies for myself. I didn't go to my high school graduation. I remember um, it was that last, really, the last year where I was feeling that that heady feeling of almost being done with school. Because you'd be excited when school was done in college, but just it's not the same as as uh, K through twelve. Um, but yeah, I remember when my own graduation rolled around. First of all, I wasn't even sure if I was uh, actually graduating or not. Um, and second of all, I went out there for the first day of graduation practice, and I was like, well, I could go out to this graduation practice for the next four hours, or I could go home. And I went home. Um, but I still, for whatever reason, graduations, I, 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 one of the last, I think, pre-pandemic summers, uh, I went to someone's graduation at Sonoma State University in nearby uh, California State University School, um, and had that, just a hint of that feeling like, oh, it's a graduation. It means freedom is here. I'm about to, oh, wait, I'm an adult. And their summer means about as much as winter, spring, or fall. But the memory remains. Um, interestingly, um, in my own life now, um, I think I've mentioned it on the show previously, but I'm attempting to officially, um, obtain my, uh, college diploma. I believe I actually have all of the credits and classes and so on and so forth needed to graduate. It's just a matter of putting it all into practice. And I'm in this uh, period of limbo where my graduation status is pending. I have to wait for for the end of the uh, summer semester at CSU East Bay in Hayward, California. Once that uh, summer semester is done, Someone, some entity will check my graduation application and I will either graduate or I'll, I will be told what else I need to complete. I'm a little bit worried. I might end up having some undergraduate course that I still need to uh, complete simply to pad my units. I know all my upper division, my major stuff is done and dusted. But years ago when I tried to do this, there was some suggestion that I might have to take another class and another couple of units, but it was unclear if the person knew what they were talking about, and I set it aside to deal with another day, and now 20 years later or whatever, another day has come. 
But I guess worst comes to worst. First of all, it's much easier to take online classes nowadays than it was 20 years ago. So whatever I have to take, if I have to take something, it will be online. And hopefully it will just be some mindless uh, uh, woke re-education class. Because um, as much as uh, mutants, right-leaning mutants are often off their rocker, there is such a thing as left-leaning mute, mute, mutation. That's the word as well. And here in the state of California, um, a lot of the the whining and complaining about California's mutant status, um, I feel, is overblown. Like any locale, uh, your experiences here, your mileage will vary wildly depending on sub-region and who you happen to be interacting with and what you happen to be doing and what kind of people you're around, et cetera, et cetera. There's all kinds of people doing all kinds of things, thinking all kinds of thoughts, just like Probably most places in the world, but we have all these pigeonholes that this place is like this, this place is like that, blah, 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 blah. The one cartoonish stereotype about California, which I will accept as true and I will um, vouch as true from my own experience, is that the CSU system, the California State University system, particularly when it pertains to humanities type classes, um, has become... I imagine probably more so because I'm working off assumptions from like 20 years ago. Um, Extremely cartoonish when it comes to uh, sort of, I guess, for lack of a better term, like woke or PC culture. I mean, to be fair, you know, it's like they're trying to dig out of uh, 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 decades of centuries of stuff being wildly skewed one way. So they're trying to combat it by trying to suddenly wildly skew everything another way. And I, sometimes there might be some merit to that. Other times it comes across as somewhat absurd, but it's essentially like if you're going to the C in the CSU system, I would say it's like the so-called left-wing so-called woke equivalent of going to like some Jerry Falwell Bible college in the South. You know, it's, it's the, 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 the caricature end of that part of the belief spectrum. Um, so that being said, you will, and again, it's not all classes. It's not all instructors. It's not, and nothing is absolute, but you will definitely find yourself in situations in, um, CSU, at least in my experience where you can get an A in a class by simply, um, reaffirming, regurgitating the instructor's um, political ideology. And in the CSU system, it just happens to be that it's that sort of left-wing ideology. Um, So I'll probably end up taking like, you know, uh, oppressed people's underground basket weaving. And hopefully I'll have an an instructor much like our friend at Teen Wundle over on the tweets because... Rumor has it that Teen Idol himself is, in fact, a CSU instructor, although not at CSU East Bay. So sadly, I probably won't be able to take whatever graduation requirement class I need from Teen Wendell. But imagine that. Imagine if I was able to do that. That would be something else again. I think I, think I would try to see, depending on what the class was, if I could write my final paper on the subject of being a young person who didn't want to go to school and citing cloudy weather as the reason for not going to school. Now that's 
gimmick infringement. And sorry, that's an inside joke with uh, Teen Wundle. Teen Wundle actually did write this this uh, excellent uh, piece once. I can't even remember what it was, what it was from, what the deal was, but I, I read it online. It was, it, I n- shooting here, uh, no joke. It was great, great, great essay that he wrote, which is why I've remembered it all these years and why I make it as a joke for him. But it was a, a essay about when he was a kid and he would uh, not go to school when it was cloudy outside. Um, yeah, not sure where that was. It was somewhere publicly, publicly, cause I saw it, but it's sadly, I won't be able to go to Professor Teen Wundle, most likely. I will be going to some other weirdo if I have to go to anyone at all. But back to the summer. You know, I uh, after eating that tangerine creamsicle I mentioned earlier, in between uh, words, I managed to um, throw down just a basic um, Popsicle brand. It was like cherry orange grape. It was a cherry one. And so, again... Um, Popsicles um, and the Popsicle brand were a huge presence um, along with the ice cream truck music and the middle school band practicing. These were all huge monuments um, in the gateway to the summer centered around Memorial Day week, Memorial Day weekend. Um, And I realize I have a similar trigger for the um, winter holidays, which is right around round about September of every year when I was a child, um, those, uh, television commercials for Tyco racers would start, uh, proliferating on the television. I would know we were in the fall season on the, uh, highway to the holidays. Well, similarly, um, as we were about to embark on a magical summer adventure, there would start to be a lot of popsicle commercials on TV, Um, But in addition to popsicles playing a huge part in my pre-summer and early summer imagery, um, you also, when I was a kid, began to see a lot of advertising for summer toys. Summer toys primarily being squirt guns and slip and slides. I'm sure there were other products too, but those are kind of the two uh, general categories that I recall. And I recall... uh, really at the peak of my experience in the summer as a magical time and experiencing that anticipation of the summer is even more magical. Um, I'm going to say when summer, when the entry to summer was at the peak of its powers for me was probably around 1988 when I was 12 years old. Cause I vividly remember the start of that summer. We'll wrap things up kind of talking about that. But um, the squirt guns that were the rage at that time were these things called, what were they called? Entertech? They were like full-on like machine gun squirt guns. Like they looked like Uzis and stuff. Um, kind of a, I, I believe they're a precursor to Super Soakers. I think Entertech was maybe before Super Soakers. Maybe Super Soakers were around at the same time, but Entertech were more realistic gun-looking stuff that you could go around and pretend to uh, – mass shoot your friends. It was before people really mass shot each other for real to the same degree that they do now. You mass water shot people, which probably was a better call. Um, but Entertech squirt guns were a big thing. And then slip and slides for my, my entire childhood. Cause that was a toy that I imagine dated back to like the sixties, maybe the fifties, you know, the, when teenagers first became a thing and young adults like became like a actual, um, entity that you would, a demo that you would market to, you know, hula hoops, slip and slides. I, I feel like slip and slides are one of those early toys, but, um, those, the advertising for those were ubiquitous. 
And I remember it always stood out in my mind that they were brought to you by this company, Whammo. And when you really think about it, the slip and slide is such a dopey, quote unquote, toy. Um, but there was something about that packaging and the Whammo name, just Whammo. Um, kind of like Amaral Lagasse with his bam, even though that means nothing. There's just something about that just piques your attention and makes it seem like something cool is going on. So just Whammo is like, oh, wow. Slip and slide, of course, by Whammo. Um, but so slip and slides, I would see advertisements for summer after summer after summer. But I never actually engaged one until that um, ultimate for me magical early summer of 1988 when I listened to the band, the middle school band practicing. I'd been listening to them all week, and finally it was the last day of school. I heard the uh, ice cream truck. I did my short half day of school. Um, I saw kids going to and fro, older kids going to, looking like they were getting ready for graduation ceremonies. I was, uh, had just completed sixth grade, and uh, my family um, had uh, spent our first year living in the house that my mom still is in to this day. But um, we were going to be going on a trip to Washington, D.C. as a family to kick the summer off. Um, but before that, we were going to go that night, the last day of school was a Friday, um, go to dinner at some friend's house in the city of Petaluma, which is about a half an hour away from Santa Rosa where we lived. We're going to go have dinner with these uh, people, then spend the weekend getting ready for our trip to Washington, D.C., and then Monday, we were going to fly out on a jet plane to the nation's capital. Um, but when we went over to the folks' house for dinner... Um, I was just in a total high at the beginning of that summer. Um, I had had all those different mental and auditory and uh, uh, what do you call it, like smells. You know, the sound sights and smells at the beginning of summer had all been upon me. I was in a reverie. I was feeling the magic, feeling it more than I'd ever felt before because at sixth grade, I I was just at that peak age where it was no longer like, summer's kind of cool, but I like school too because school's fun. It's like I hated school. I hated everything about school, but I was still young enough that summer just meant kicking the heck back. Um, So anyway, I was lounging at these people's house in their backyard, eating a popsicle, of which I'd been all hopped up seeing popsicle commercials leading up to this, eating a popsicle, and they busted out a bonafide slip and slide by whammo in their backyard. And um, I decided to partake in said slip and slide. And I might have even done so um, after firing off a few rounds from an Entertech squirt gun. In fact, I know I did. I remember doing that. And I reared back to go across the slip and slide. But as I got up to it, I panicked. And I was like, I don't really understand how you're supposed to do this. I feel like if I dive into it, I'm just going to be careening into a yellow abyss and like break my neck. So instead, I decided to walk across the slip and slide by whammo. And whammo indeed, I slipped. Oh, I slipped something fierce, but I slipped from a walking position, catapulted myself into the air and landed on my right hand and just felt an explosion of excruciating pain. A pain that was so bad that it quickly was no longer even pain. It was just this this white flash of shock that I had to give myself over to. And I looked at my arm and my wrist was mangled. 
And long story short, I had broken my wrist. I had to go to the emergency room. I had to get a cast. It's the only time I've had a cast in my life. And I can't even remember how long the cast stayed on. I mean, of course, it felt like 10 years. It was probably like a month. But I ended up having to go on our trip to Washington, D.C. in the cast. Um, It wasn't all bad, though. Um, Washington, D.C., in the height of the summertime, had vendors everywhere selling popsicles. So the magic continued. Um, I had my first introduction on that trip to... um, those red, white, and blue popsicles that um, nowadays popsicle brand sells them. They're called firecrackers, I believe. In Washington, D.C. in 1988, these vendors were selling them, and they were called Robopops. And they were about three times the width of what um, popsicle brand now sells as the firecracker. They were this very, like, thick popsicle. Um, and I remember mentioning that once and someone else telling me, like, no, you're just being one of those old people. They're like, in my day, everything was bigger and better, but they were just the same. It was just your memory. But I looked it up and they were indeed a, the, the original iteration of the firecracker. The Robopop was a larger uh, unit, a popsicle. And so I remember spending quite um, several, um, several moments in time in the nation's capital just gazing out at all the people and it just being in the heaven of the three different layers of flavor of the Robopop, even though my arm still kind of hurt and I had this gnarly cast on the arm. Long story short, the anticipation of summer was probably better than the reality. But that was the whole magic of the time. That, that was, uh, the, I, I'll, I would never... I mean, obviously, I guess if I could have had three months that were as magical and as exciting as the anticipatory week leading up to them, I guess I'd accept that because who wouldn't? But I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't uh, forego that magical week if uh, someone gave me, like, if someone said, would you rather just not be hyped up and have a mundane summer like they always were? Or would you want to be hyped up about something exciting that was going to happen and then it was just mundane? I'd take the hype. I'm a hype man. I'm a hype guy. What can I say? The hype, it, it, it was, I, I, I. I would trade that magic for nothing. I I treasure that feeling and those experiences to this day, even though I'm now looking at them across a chasm of time and I can't quite touch them. Folks, I hope you enjoy your summer as we move into that hallowed time of the year. Um, Summer's going to be interesting because we're going to have to see what it means for... um, the near-term future of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast because my schedule is going to be upended, but we'll figure something out. I still got a couple weeks anyway because the Napa school year uh, runs a bit late, so I think my kids still have at least two more weeks of school. We'll see. We'll keep you posted. Um, everyone out there, I hope you enjoyed the long weekend. Um, hope you thought about the, the troops. Uh, we will talk to you next week, and please uh, be there on Monday for the debut of I See Robots World famous! Until then, for the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast on the IC Robots Radio Network and for at Team Wundle on Twitter, it's me, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, signing off. <laughs>